Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming today from the KNVBC studio at the North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. My, what a privilege it is to have you join me for the broadcast today, and what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and to share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. Today, I'm going to be looking again in Romans chapter 14. This will be broadcast number five in this great 14th chapter of the book of Romans, and we'll continue on with the truths that we've already been discussing. If you have missed any of these Bible studies, you need to hurry on after we're off the air today to wherever you find your podcasts, and go there and type in Striving for Revival and become a podcast listener. That enables you to never miss a Bible study. You can get all of our archived broadcasts there via the podcast. They're all just saved there. You can listen and listen, listen again. And if you miss one of these as we air on your station, you can catch us anytime via the podcast. Every day, I want to challenge you to do these three things. Now, if you're a regular listener, you can quote them already. But here it is. Every day, strive to do three things. Number one, pray. Now, I know that's elementary, but so many Christians, we never we never graduate grade school when it comes to prayer. Pray. I'm talking about speak to the Lord in prayer by uh, just everything and in every way, big and small, important, pressing. Maybe it's just something, just something minute, but pray about it and talk to the Lord. Prayers of thanksgiving, prayers of praise, asking in prayer. I'm talking about prayer until God answers this pray. But every day you got to spend time in prayer. You got to have a prayer list. We have Saturday night men's prayer at our church, and we uh, produce a prayer list for men's prayer. And we put all the different needs of the ministry and all the different needs of the individuals uh, connected to our church and missions and worldwide things and countrywide things and statewide things, and we give that to the men. Why is that? Every week they have a prayer list. It's built in. We provide it for them. And then you should add your own things, personal needs as well, to those prayer lists, and you got to pray over it. Talk to the Lord in prayer. Secondly, read your Bible every day. Every day spend time in your in your Bible, uh, in the Word of God. Study it. Uh, I'm talking about going back and forth through it, not just reading it to mark off a box on a calendar, but read the Bible till God speaks <clears throat> right to your heart directly. And I tell you, it's amazing. Read the Bible for you. Don't just depend upon your preacher. Don't just rely upon your teacher. But God, if the Holy Spirit, if you're saved and the Holy Spirit lives within you, He wants to guide you into all truth, just like He does the preacher or the teacher. Read your Bible and let God teach you from His Word. And thirdly, soul win, witness every day. Maybe you can't physically go out, but with all the different technology today, you can get the gospel out every single day. And by the close of the day, when you lay your head on your pillow, you ought to lay your head on your pillow knowing this. I did something to advance the cause of Christ today. There's something I've done to further the agenda of Jesus in my generation. And that's my desire, and I, I, I believe that's your desire as well. I thank God for you. And thank God for all of our listeners. And there might be somebody tuned in today in a hospital bed. Hey, we're praying for you. There might be somebody here getting ready to bury a loved one. God knows all about it. Maybe there's a young person listening, battling with the will of God. You just trust God and go. 
Maybe there's a lost individual listening, never been saved. Jesus died for you, and he would save you. If you'd ask him to be your Savior, he'd forgive you of your sin and save you today. But wherever you are, I want you to know it's my honor to uh, spend this time with you and a blessing that you would spare some of your time to spend it with me. And I want God to speak to us. Now, here we are in verse 14. Paul has been dealing in chapter 14 with the issue of weaker brethren in the church. And that's just how it is. Not everybody in your church is the same, and they're not the same uh, in their personal convictions, they're not the same in their preferences, and they're not the same in their spiritual growth. That's how a church is supposed to be, though. We're all works in progress. Amen. Now, that does not go for staff and people with paid position. They better be on the same page. But those who just wander in on Sunday mornings and Sunday nights and maybe an occasional Wednesday night, we're all going to be a little bit different, aren't we? But that doesn't mean that we ostracize. It doesn't mean that we get in a little click. It doesn't mean that we don't fellowship or we try to uh, uh, drive away those that are different than us. No. The Bible tells us that we're to receive them who are weak in the faith. Now, we don't receive their weakness. By that, I mean we don't receive their position. We don't receive their uh, their uh, philosophy. We don't receive their idea about things. Why? Because they're weaker. And if one's weaker, you don't condescend and adopt their lack of convictions. No, but you hold the line. You hold on to your convictions and let your example compel them to come up higher. And so that's the way it's supposed to work. Now, we are the Lord's, so we don't live to ourselves, We don't die to ourselves, We belong to the Lord. No man ought to judge another man's servants. We're all God's children. We all serve the Lord, and so we ought not judge one another. Paul reminded us in the last broadcast, verse 10, 11, and 12, why we should be slow to worry about others and mainly worry about ourselves. And here's why. For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. One of these days, you will stand before the Lord. One of these days, I will stand before the Lord. We're not going to give an account of our backslidden pew buddy. We're not going to give an account of the person who uh, shows up only on Christmas and Easter. We're not going to give an account of the lady with lower dress standards or the man who does things that are questionable. No, we're going to give an account of ourselves. We're going to stand before the Lord who knows us before we even open our mouth. He knows exactly where we stand and what we're all about. And yet, We'll have to speak it there openly, in honesty, where we stand with him. Now, that judgment seat is not a judgment for sin. Sin was taken care of and judged at Calvary. And when I got saved, my sin debt was paid and my sin question settled. But I will be judged according to my works. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 teaches us that. Every man should give an account of, uh, to himself of God, right? I will be judged by those things done in the body, whether good or bad. Those things that were done out of a pure motive and with pure uh, agenda and out of a pure heart. That's like gold, silver, and precious stone. It's highly, highly esteemed. But that which was done out of selfishness is like wood, hay, and stubble, and it will be tried by fire. And those precious things, those genuine works that glorified God, they'll stand the test of fire. But the wood, hay, and stubble, the insincere motive, the lack of zeal, the ulterior agenda, all of those things will burn up and be gone. So it does not matter the quantity that you do for God. It matters the quality that you do for God. The judgment seat of Christ is the motivating factor for you and ought to be the motivating factor for me to not worry so much about others' business and to mind our own business. Amen, amen, and amen. Now, Paul is dealing with the topic of some would esteem certain days better than others, more important than others, or holier than others. Some would say you can't eat this food, but you can't eat that food. Now, in verse 14, Paul said, I know 
and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus. Now, this isn't just Paul talking himself into it. He said, I'm persuaded by the Lord that there is nothing unclean of itself. But to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. So if you have a personal conviction against something, then don't do it. Amen. Verse 15, but if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not charitably. Destroy not him with thy meat for whom Christ died. Here's what he's saying. He said, you might feel like it's fine to eat bacon, and I'm on your team. I mean, bacon every day, every meal of the day, if possible. I mean, bacon even makes, you know, salad taste good. You take lettuce and wrap it in enough bacon, and it's almost edible. And so you say, I'm for it. Hallelujah, brother. But suppose you have somebody come to your house or you go someplace where there's people who are not for it. And not only are they not for it because they don't like it, but they have a this this strong conviction. I'm just using this for illustration purposes, and don't don't take this out into your everyday life. You'll live miserable if you don't eat bacon. But they just can't they can't take it. I mean, it just offends them. Now, if you're stronger in the faith, you know what you'll do. You will pocket your liberty so as not to cause them to stumble. Verse 13 said, Let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. And there are some things that you might do or can do in your seasoned strong Christian that would totally destroy a weaker Christian. And if they saw you, it would destroy them. And because of that, you need to do some things that maybe you think, well, that's not necessary. Yeah, it is. Why? Because of the influence and the impact it would have on another Christian. There's some things that I could do that are not sin, but for me, they would be detrimental to others who watch my life because of my position. Same thing's true in your life. You don't want to grieve someone by your personal conviction charitably. That's that agape love. So the principle is we may know a weaker brother's concern is scripturally unfounded, Yet if we ignore his sensitivity and we flaunt our liberty in his face, we might run the risk of offending him. And that is not being charitable. That is going to cause division. And it might even cause him to fall. That's verse number 13 and 14. And we'll continue in this chapter next broadcast. Tune in then. Until then, pray for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper. Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.